the gratuitous nudity. <laughs> there. We are here at Sun Sounds of Arizona in Flagstaff, Arizona, and you are listening to Untamed Shrews Women Talk Theater. I'm Becky. I'm Dawn. And I'm Hannah. And welcome to today's episode, Shakespeare Overseas, an episode encompassing how Shakespeare and theater differs all across the world. I'm so excited. It's going to be so much fun. But before we introduce our guest who is with us here today, I just want to say we are having so much fun, guys. I know. It's like, yes. I look forward to it every week. <laughs> yes. This is episode three coming at you, which means month three, which is just crazy. I feel like yeah. I was here yesterday. Yeah. It just, it comes and goes so fast. And we have had a really positive interaction with our, our patrons and people are having a lot of fun. So just thank you so much, everyone out there giving us a listen. Please share the show on Facebook, on Instagram, tell your friends about us. We just... We want to get in everyone's ears. So thank yes. you so much. But I anyway, do want to say oh, yeah. from last week or from last month, I feel like a lot of people have reached out to us and been like, wait, <laughs> the reason I brought donuts was not for that reason. Yes. I just need you all to know that. So, yeah. so if that was you, thank you. And yeah. Yeah. I got a text. There was a comment on the YouTube about the donuts. They were like, wait, I used to bring donuts. <laughs> But anyway, clearly people did not know, but I just love the idea that people brought donuts and like the one person in the, in the cast is like, Ooh. (laughs) So thank you for that little tidbit, Becky. It's definitely a favorite part of the episode. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Well, today we really get to have some fun because as much as I love talking to you gals, today my best friend, Christine Schmidla is here. She's the Flag Shakes Director of Vision and Text, and she resides in Germany. Germany, Germany, German (laughs) is her first language. And she actually learned um, English over here in America. And then we met in grad school about 17,000 years ago. (laughs) So long ago, it feels like. Um, And got close then um, almost by accident. We were just together 24-7. And then all of a sudden, the next thing I knew, she was my best friend. (laughs) It only makes sense. (laughs) Um, So um, we have worked together since then. It's been an absolute pleasure. Christine also uh, works at Shakespeare's Globe as the deputy text associate. I hope I said that right. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, as an independent contractor. So we're so lucky to have her here, um, especially for this discussion. It would be a much shorter discussion without Christine (laughs) and her thoughts. So welcome, Christine. And she also works for us. What do you do for us, Christine? Well, I'm the director of vision and text for mm. Blank Shakes. But what does that actually mean? <laughs> <laughs> Tell the people. All sorts of things. <laughs> Being in Dawn's ears about mm-hmm. many, many ideas. She usually makes it possible to make them reality. And then uh, I usually do a lot of text work too, especially with um, this past year um, and the internet and the di- digital age made it all possible to still be connected Um, zooming with christine best part of every (laughs) single show just two hours of like help me christine (laughs) true master class yeah really though (laughs) oh Um, and it's so i mean uh, yeah 
the energy I get from it and the it, it's just so exciting and so much fun to work on it so mm. I'm all for it yay now Christine um just tell us a little bit about yourself where you're from um where you went to school we kind of heard a little bit from Dawn but just from just who you are what you love what you, what you do for us and for other companies and you know start to sort of give us a little tidbit of of why you're a citizen of the world and what that means and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I'm super excited to be on this Yay. podcast. I've listened to you from the get-go and I just really love it. So thanks for having me. Of course. Um, um, yeah, so I mean, I'm German. I started off in Germany and... Um, <laughs> And then uh, once I finished high school or got towards the end of high school, it, um, uh, the big question was, what, how am I going to decide on something? And I really wanted to explore the world. I just love different cultures. I love other countries, continents. And, um, then, and I've already been in love with theater and participated in theater slash opera and so that brought me with my studies to the U.S. and um, to New York. I studied there, um, got my toes wet on stage as an actor and director um, and then after that with my master's degree where I met Dawn um, I got fully emerged with Shakespeare hmm. <laughs> and that has continued and yeah continue to brought me back to Europe. I've worked in Germany since then. We have a tiny little globe in Neuss um, where okay. there's a summer festival um, where they bring different troops um, from across the world, so not just Europe. Um, and I got to work there. Um, and uh, yes, I've been working at the globe. Um, first year was in 2011, then I went back to Germany, did work there, and um, since 2016, I've been deputy text associate <laughs> at Shakespeare Globe in London. <laughs> so schmancy. Hey, Christine, you have to tell, uh, tell us about how theater helped you learn English or master English, because that's one of my favorite stories. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you know, it, it, in Germany, um, I learned, well, I was supposed to learn English in school and I was just terrible at it. Um, generally, languages, I also was supposed to learn French, which just didn't quite happen. Um, and then, um, yeah, and then I, I when I moved to, to the US, um, I got involved with a theater company and they um, rehearsed and performed a Christmas carol. and. I remember that they were having 60 performances of it. Now, I don't know if that's even possible, but somehow... A Christmas Carol, of course it's possible. 60 performances, that's like, yes, one at two, one at four, one at six. <laughs> yeah, and I was interning for them. And I think when I started off, I understood maybe 10% of everything that was spoken around oh me gosh. or the play. And by the end of it, <laughs> I was half fluent in English. 
I just think that's so cool. This idea that like listening to the story over and over, you know, could kind of like help you learn a language or get more familiar with it. And I, you can speak a little bit about that, of course, with Shakespeare obviously being performed in other countries where it's not in the original or where it's in English, but English mm-hmm. isn't being spoken in that country and like how Shakespeare modified that was your whole thesis. So I'll let you talk to it. But um, one experience, one really fun experience that we had together along those lines was when we saw Hamlet in Paris. Um And it was at the National Theater. So it was supposed to be like the most amazing, you know, theater. And I hated the production. But one thing that I loved about the production was that even though it was in French, I every second knew what was going on. And I knew because I knew Hamlet so well. Like I knew Mm -hmm. it backward and forward. And a couple of times watching the play, I forgot that it was in a different language. Like I just completely forgot because I was immersed in the story. And I know the story so well. And I just loved how Shakespeare opened that door for me. I think that's a door that Shakespeare can open for people. Like we we tell these stories over and over again. And if you know them well enough, well, then you can hop over and listen to it in in a different language and still get as much out of it. But that, I mean, what I remember about that performance was (laughs) the... I'm fine with nudity. The gratuitous nudity. (laughs) I mean, it's Paris. Ophelia (laughs) showed all her stuff to everybody several times. As much as she could. The whole play. (laughs) Um... And uh, also it was set in a bowling alley. So like, yeah. So like what Hamlet stood to inherit was just like a defunct 1980s bowling alley. And so all the stakes were gone. It was like, I don't want that bowling alley. Who cares if he ends up with this bowling alley? And he did the to be or not to be speech as if he was reading it off the wall of a bathroom stall. In the bowling oh, alley. I remember that too. Do you remember that? <laughs> like some random kid was just like, to be or not to be. Yeah, and I was like, wait, so now it's not even Hamlet saying it, it's just some weird bathroom graffiti. <laughs> like, what is going on in this play? Oh no. And then the only thing that would have made it exciting is if the murders happened with like bowling balls or the bowling pins or like <laughs> alley crushed, gates. Yeah, like getting crushed by oh. the like weird little bowling no. alley thing. No such luck. I forget yeah. how they brought in swords, but they totally just like brought in swords to murder everybody and I was like damn it yeah. I wanted to see someone get smashed with a bowling ball Aww. so it was very it was a very terrible terrible production in my <laughs> humble opinion <laughs> but oh, goodness um, me. but that was something we got to experience together but Christine why don't you talk about kind of that like people maybe even in Shakespeare's day or if you've encountered it since then like seeing a Shakespeare play in English even when that's not their first language like why why does Shakespeare cross those boundaries and like what about Shakespeare works that way yeah it's it's I well I think there are many different aspects of it I think um one thing that's so special for um us English speakers is that the language gives you so much as well so you have the storyline, but the language itself just transports you somewhere differently. And um, and uh, when you translate it, though, unfortunately, most of that somehow gets in some way lost. I know there are a lot of attempts to um, we have different um, translations in German as in most uh, languages. Of, of these plays and some have been trying to be still an iambic pentameter um, or rhyming or anything similar to that. Um, 
though I quite enjoy the ones that don't worry too much about the original and just sort of try to capture the sense and the and the story. And I think that's where it shows why Shakespeare is still so applicable even today is because the storylines are still applicable to our today's needs. And, uh, you know, I mean, COVID in many ways felt like banishment, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, we're right into Romeo and Juliet. Banished. So, you know, I think there's so many parallels Banished. even to, you know, today. Mm. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I saw so. I mean, this is kind of off topic, but like the whole quarantine idea, I saw so many memes where it was like, oh, remember that Shakespeare wrote, I think it was Richard III. King Lear. King Lear during during quarantine. And I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Remember that you don't need to watch or do watch. You could watch King Lear. You don't need to To write write King Lear in your quarantine. Very true. You can be proud of whatever you did in quarantine. Or didn't do. (laughs) Or or didn't do. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> we're really? just getting through yeah except we started a podcast woo, woo. Very proud. <laughs> um i would love to ask um more on like the practical side of things uh, we'll definitely get back to shakespeare in text but i'm super curious what it's like just to physically work in different places and like how that works visa wise and like can you just pick up and go and work in a different place and like I remember at the STA conference we got to chatting with the Prague Shakespeare Company and they just had such like interesting things to say about like bringing in Americans and like it just sounded like so huge and it sounded so like oh just so many things to think about but um, what is your experience with like being able to jump around and how that works for you? Um, Well the Prague Shakespeare Company actually had a couple of uh, people there that Don and I know as well. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you, um, I, it's, it's hard to, to compare it to anything because I, I, I feel like I've, I've now been moving around for quite a bit. So to me, it's a, a bit like second nature, the things that you have to deal with and mm. to keep in mind. And I think, I think especially if you love your job, that's just sort of on the back burner because you're interested in doing the job and that brings you across borders. And so that's your focus and that's where you put your effort in. And, um, you know, now with Brexit, obviously that um, is something new in my world because before I could just work in the UK, um, um, that will still be the case for me, for instance, but others will definitely be affected by that as that has now changed um but yeah i think i think once you're in the physical space um it's for sure the difference between what the cultural differences are in relation to theater or to shakespeare so i mean um in in germany it's so much about conceptual productions and the director sort of has the say so whereas um a lot of British theatre is text-led in Germany it's quite often director-led so that gives you productions like we saw in Paris of Hamlet um, (laughs) or very conceptual extreme cases where you everybody see like completely covered in silver paint or something (laughs) and then 
you are transported to I don't know Mars or something. Yes. <laughs> we all want Isn't to see him like on Romeo Mars. and yeah. Juliet on the moon. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. It's yeah. a, a Christine and I watched Slings and Arrows together, and there's a German director one season, and Christine is like, "This is exactly what it's like." Oh, interesting. <laughs> Wait, Christine, what is the American like stereotype? So, if like British is text led, and places like Germany are very conceptual and director idea led then what what would you say america is is it like sort of a smattering of all of the above or i think too i think it's also um similar to um british so i would generally say it's also text led quite often gotcha um yeah i i i, I feel like i don't quite as know as much about like different theaters in america to sort of give mm-hmm. i think you will always all be the experts more in that regard than me. <laughs> well flag shakes is clearly text-led text but i mean led, and i think also we try to focus on like collaborative mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. um it, the Even artists or something. Yeah. yeah the actors yeah. have a much bigger say and also you know we always have you know, a choreographer, yeah. a, a musical director. Uh, I always have an assistant director, like fight, fight, captain, fight choreographer. Yeah. And working with all of those people, I sort of, you know, defer defer to them when it's their area of expertise. The specific, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. instead of, you know, sort of saying, this is how it's going to be, you all figure out how to do it. It's mm. more like, how are we going to do this? And like, what should it look, what should it look like at the end? Um, and letting that be in flux with American or as I, what I think our theater is like, um, I've worked at a lot of other American theaters and, you know, sometimes that's true. Mm. I feel like I gravitate towards theaters that operate that way. Um, but I, I'm sure it's certainly not true at all American theaters. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I've been at theaters where it was like, dictatorship (laughs) you know director um was doing everything and their vision was law for sure yeah Yeah. less about the collaboration more about the this is what i want for the final product yeah exactly yeah totally Um, i actually have a comment on just talking about visas yeah um, yeah. in terms of americans going overseas and of course i'm by no means an expert and have no idea how things will change uh due to COVID and all that. But um, for us as, so when I was on the West Side tour, um, we had a company manager, general manager who took care of our visas going overseas um, because we needed like specific work visas for um, for Europe. There's, I didn't know about this until I got the visa, but the Schengen area, which is, yeah, <laughs> Christine's nodding her head. I think it's like 22, 27, 20 something yeah, European countries. Yeah, yeah, where if you have, like, the visa for one, then you can freely um, roam about and work in the others. Or, well, I don't want to say work. Maybe work. I I don't know what specific type of visa we had. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, but there were definitely, like, yeah, different countries required different visas. But luckily, we as the artists didn't need to. That's so nice. Uh, Yeah, we had company managers who took care of all of that. God bless them. They're like 50 <laughs> plus people. I can't. And, and not all American passports. Like everyone had right. different passports. Citizenship. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 And I've actually got a story about this. Ooh, hit up. Becky's well, always in it with the stories. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you. Um, no. So we, um, we were coming out of, I think it was like 
Bratislava, we were going into Germany. I remember that. And we were, we were busing, so we weren't flying. And um, the backstory of it, I think we were there for a week. So at the, the last show for loadout, the crew usually is there overnight. Like they get done at like eight in the morning. Um, if they have that time, sometimes it's like, okay, you have like six hours, let's go. Um, but this time they had a little bit more time because we were going into a layoff. And so I went down to breakfast and the company was leaving that morning, but the crew was leaving later. Um, so as a stage manager, we were like sometimes part of the company or part of the cast and musicians, I should say, and sometimes part of mm. um, the technicians and crew. But for this one, we were leaving with the cast um, and the musicians on a bus. And um, so I had breakfast with the TD and one of our carpenters who just came back from their overnight. And we're like, we're going to get breakfast before taking a nap before leaving. And then they're like, yeah, we'll be in Frankfurt or wherever we were. We were going um, later that day. And so we're driving um, across the border. And luckily, our company manager and our assistant company manager spoke German because as we are, as they are talking to Border Patrol, I realized that I left my passport in the hotel lock and the Ugh. hotel safe. <gasps> Everything that I put in that safe, I totally forgot about and left there. And I'm like, oh my God, like, I'm an idiot. Which is what? so not, not like you. Like... Which is like, I can't yeah, even imagine, imagine Becky Zerisky forgetting <laughs> important things. That's just like physically not possible. <laughs> it was maybe yeah. this event that made that true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Truly, I was so nervous. And I was like, maybe I put it in my like suitcase. So the bus driver let me off the bus. Like we went into the luggage. And then I got Astrid, who was our um, company manager slash uh, physiotherapist. It's like, Astrid, I don't have my passport. She's like, what? <laughs> Excuse me? I don't have it. And she's we're like, on okay, an well, luckily tour. I have a copy of it. Oh, wait, oh what was wow. that? It, we're literally on an international tour. <laughs> yeah. She's <laughs> like, what do you mean you don't have it? What do you mean? Um, so she showed um, Border Patrol the copy that she had. Um, and luckily, like, they were fine with it she like yeah but what turned out to be a bigger issue than me not having my passport was <laughs> some of our company members their visa it was like not matching up or there was something wrong with the type of visa they had or something like that so there were like four or five people where it was like uh okay well like we need to follow up with you on this because mm. you don't have the right visa or, or whatever. So I just think it's hilarious that me <laughs> not having a passport going into another country wasn't even the biggest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not yeah. the issue. Oh, goodness. Wow. Yeah, that's ridiculous. How did you get your stuff back? Did you just have to go back to the hotel? Oh, yeah. So I remembered that the crew was arriving later that day. Oh, yeah. So I was yeah. like, I was like, uh, let me just text Andy, who was our technical director, and like, we'll coordinate with the hotel to get him my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll just, so I, I like to joke that he smuggled my passport for me. <laughs> Honestly. Goodness me. Oh, that's so crazy. Yeah, yeah. I feel like um, something I love hearing whenever I talk to, tech, to Becky about tour, and maybe um, Christine can talk about this, I just love hearing about the different cultures, especially from Becky's perspective, because it was like so fast it was so like truncated it was like I was in this place for two days and I was at this place for two days and I was here four days but at this location I couldn't leave the hotel because it wasn't very safe but then at this location we were there for three weeks and I could like explore everything and like it was great and it's just like so crazy to know and hear about 
like the places that sold out West Side Story. It was like they didn't even like speak English, but it was so yeah, it's just so incredibly interesting that theater um, is so different in so many places, yet it's still so important to so many cultures, which I just find so fascinating. Um, and I also would love to open up the com- conversation about like national theaters, like state like at least for us federal like we don't have at least that I know of like um federal run um theaters and I know that in other countries that's very prominent and I wish we were that way but um Christine what's your what is your experience with like state or federal or or governmental theaters and like how that differs between like like we're a nonprofit, obviously like locally run um insular we're our own thing but does that play into like company culture and like what the theater is like well in Germany it's very different so Germany has because they all had these different areas dukedom states <laughs> <Dukedoms. laughs> that is not I mean, even a word christine <laughs> um, so, so ev- basically every town in germany which are quite a lot has their own theater what? so some are covered by regional touring um companies but basically every bigger town has their own theater um so, it, it, I mean, that system alone is remarkable. Oh, They're yeah. um, subsidized quite a lot, um, which makes uh, which makes most of it possible. Um, I mean, if you think about ballet and opera, just the costs alone is almost impossible to sort of counterbalance with ticket prices, um, and and it also makes some experimental theater possible that wouldn't make financial um, gains necessarily. So in that regard, it's absolutely remarkable. It's remarkable how many job opportunities you have in the German speaking theater world in that regard. And the, um, the model itself is quite different too. So you usually have um, so if we are talking about theater, you usually have an actor ensemble. So they are hired for a certain amount of years. So you're in it together. Wow. Um, it's like a resident uh, company idea. Yes, exactly. You, you're you in it together. And um, I mean, I, I know actors who have worked at places for 10, 20 years or longer. A um, dream. I mean, that's just absolutely, yeah, exactly. I mean, what a dream, especially as an actor that you can, you know, spend your whole life mm-hmm. working, acting, being on stage. And not worrying I mean, about, quite yeah, a, whether yeah. you not, you have a contract in three months. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Gross. Yeah. Do you know if it's the same uh, or similar in France, Christine? Because I just remember in France, there was a theater on like every corner. Hmm. But I mean, I was only in Paris, so I only had the experience of one city. But I just remember like every corner and usually they had something that they specialized in. Like it would be like, you know, the, the you know, like, um, oh. yeah, like it would, you know, like a very specific either type of theater or even like a this playwright puppetry. Yeah. This theater that does. They would, and I saw I saw the best play, funniest play I've ever seen in my life. Again, totally in French. <laughs> but the physical comedy was so good. Um, and it was Cyrano de Bergerac, so I knew the story well enough. And there must have been six people in that theater watching that play, <laughs> um, none of whom laughed at anything, by the way. And I was like, 
obnoxiously Maybe laughing. Maybe it wasn't a funny play. It was <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> it's because it was in French. Maybe you didn't know. Maybe they were just, <laughs> no, it was physical comedy. And their physical comedy was like, they nailed it. And some of the best acting I've ever seen. Um, but I was just really surprised to see so many theaters dedicated to so many things. And then to see this amazing troupe of actors performing for six people and wondering like, this must be something that's subsidized. This must be something that, you know, they're getting money to produce these plays because how else are they keeping this alive? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I only know part, part I think they have like their national theaters are subsidized for sure. And I think there's funding available for smaller companies, but they have very few just possibilities to even study. So you have a very uh, mm. remarkable small pool of theater creatives so not just actors um mm. uh, but i agree like i've i've seen the absolute most amazing theater and 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 work i mean they're absolutely brilliant in especially in their physical theater yeah and that's that's really interesting it might be slightly off topic but one of the things that you think about in theater is the fact that the only way to hone and get better at your craft is to do it a ton and in America we seem to have a surplus of actors Mm. and a lack of theaters and so no one gets the just day after day after day experience unless they can land themselves in a repertory theater where they can work for 10 20 30 years years and just really hone their craft um and or they're I, on broadway running phantom like doing the same show for 12 years eight shows you know like yeah. it does not happen very often yeah so it's that's really interesting to hear about french theater like if it's this small pool of actors and they're all getting a ton of work of course they're phenomenal like the mm. only way to become a better actor is to act more right but I feel like a lot of actors in America especially if you get sort of sucked to the coasts end up spending their whole lives auditioning and not acting auditioning taking classes but not in front of an audience which is the audience teaches you everything right you can't learn without an audience (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so that's very that's very fascinating to me and long story short we clearly need to move to France or Germany because if we do, we're going to get a job just in a moment. Like they're like, we yeah. need actors. Well, first we have to learn French that's, or German. Oh, that's true. I did not even think about that. Hey, hey, hey. Details, Dawn. Okay. So let's not get ahead. So actually we are nearly out of time, which oh is gosh. crazy. Oh, no. I don't even know how that happened. But um, how I'd love to wrap up is just to hear from Christine how people can find Christine and work with Christine and just a little bit about what you're up to right now and um, if people want to hire you, how they can do that. Yes. So I'm currently setting up, um, with Becky's help, um, a, a website so anybody can um, reach me and get in touch with me about um, my text expertise in Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the website will be called uh, verse-words.com. Um, and uh, so far, the easiest way to get in touch with me is through my Flagshakes email address, which is christine at flagshakes.org. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that will be the easiest. Funny. Okay. No social media. Funny story, all the rest of the staff is like 
first initial last name. Yeah. But because Christine is German and her last name is Schmidler. Hard to write. <laughs> instead of C. Schmidler at Flagstaff, <laughs> we went with Christine at Flagstaff. I mean, even I, who have known Christine for years, I get her name wrong all the time. I'm like, C? S-C-H? S-H. I don't know. I can say it. That's about it. That's the important thing. Perfect. Um, well, Christine, thank you so much for joining us. It's crazy how how quickly 30 minutes goes by, but I know that it's late for you. Yes, of course. Um, anyway, thanks guys for listening to this month's episode of Untamed Shrews. I'm Hannah and I'm Becky and I'm Dawn. Join us next month for our episode on body image. I am so excited. This is a topic that's very near and dear to my heart. So I can't wait to talk about body image in theater and obviously just in general, but in the performing arts, just how we as women have been torn apart, um, just in every way, but also in weird ways, pumped up. And yeah, so we're just going to talk about body image and what it means to us. So so follow the Flagstaff Shakespeare Festival on Instagram at Flag Shakes and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Flagstaff Shakespeare Festival. All episodes of Untamed Shrews can be found on sunsounds.org, the Flagstaff Shakespeare Festival YouTube, and on all of our social media platforms. This episode of Untamed Shrews starring Don Tucker, Becky Zeritsky, Hannah Fonts, and Christine Schmidler. Show art by Calliope Ludecker. Podcast theme song by Cadence Lamb. Podcast edited by Hannah Fonts. Special thanks to Gina Byers. And bye. bye, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>